Welcome back to Musar for Sar Shalom and the Lapid Nation. I'm Batya Gage, and we are so glad that you have joined us today as we work on perfecting our midot, our character traits. Well, we've finally made it to March. Hopefully, that means the winter is over and spring is practically here, if not already here. Uh, this weekend, uh, we are having our celebration for Purim at Sar Shalom, and we, we really, really love Purim at Sar Shalom, and it's a really big event, and we have a lot of fun, a lot of costumes, <clears throat> and if you don't live in the area, I, I highly encourage you next Monday evening to check out the live stream when we will be doing the Megillah reading, and that's always a big event, lots of fun, great um, uh, stage decorations, great costumes. Uh, the ladies will be doing a, a dance, an introductory dance with uh, swords or prop swords anyway. And so it should be a lot of fun and hopefully we will we'll see you on Monday evening. Uh, last week we uh, studied uh, the topic and the midah of happiness. So we will finish that uh, section today. But before we move on into today's chapters, let's go back and do a little review before we move on. We began last week with the interesting topic of the knot's ear. Uh, the sages teach that everything we do uh, and enjoy should be for the sake of heaven. And the knot's ear was uh, seen as if he had missed an opportunity to uh to be joyful in Hashem for what Hashem had provided him. And so we need to take <clears throat> every opportunity given to us to rejoice in what Hashem provides for us and not miss an opportunity for happiness. <clears throat> we studied that for physical things to give us happiness, we need to infuse them with the spiritual. Uh, we all know that eating can bring us great pleasure, but only temporarily. But if we elevate eating <clears throat> to the spiritual level through the Torah laws of eating, then it uh, elevates the happiness we receive from eating. <clears throat> True joy comes from realizing that we are able to serve Hashem, to serve the King of Kings through Torah and mitzvot. But we also studied that it is not enough just to do the mitzvot, but we have to do them with joy. We learned that the person who does one mitzvot <clears throat> with joy is rewarded a thousand times more than the person who does many mitzvot, but does them as if they were a burden. Connecting our hearts to the spiritual will disconnect us from the physical. So we want to connect everything that we do to the spiritual. If we are truly uh, joyous in our service of Hashem, we will always be happy with every breath that we have, with everything that we do. We're constantly rejoicing in our service of Hashem because that's an eternal gift that no one can take away from us. We can serve Hashem for an eternity. We studied the statement of the Vilna Gaon that the one who is rich is the one who is satisfied with his share, with what he has, not only materially, but spiritually as well. Again, we reviewed how we each have our own unique mission, and uh, 
we can get joy from fulfilling our own unique mission. <clears throat> we also reviewed the story of Akiva and how he came to Torah very late in life and became a great scholar. And many say that um, if he hadn't uh, come to Torah at such a late time in life, perhaps he wouldn't have been as great a scholar as he turned out to be. Uh, and therefore, we should take courage from that and encouragement from that, that if we have come to Torah late in life, uh, that we also can uh, achieve greatness. Another aspect of happiness is realizing our own self-worth. The Yitzhahara will always try to convince us that we're useless, worthless, no good, uh, can't do anything. And we need to fight against that um, and not let the Yitzhahara take away our happiness. Then we spent some time on the chapter of suffering. And what about suffering? Where does this fit into our happiness? We learned that we can use these difficult times to achieve greatness, to bring us closer to Hashem. We looked at the story of Noah, that clearly suffering can lead us to greater levels of service of Hashem. And, you know, we've read many times that our life is designed uniquely for us, both with blessings and challenges. And the challenges are often tests. Even Rabbi, in, the, in his drosh on, um, I think it was this last Shabbat, he talked about how humans are higher than the angels because the angels don't have a Yetzirah. But man <clears throat> has a Yetzirah, and when he overcomes the Yetzirah, he is seen as higher than the angels. So we want to overcome the Yetzirah, pass those tests, so that we can be seen as higher than the angels. We were reminded that of how much compassion Hashem has on us and for us, that He cares for us even when we don't take care of ourselves. And that, again, whatever Hashem does is for our good. We even compared it to a sick person who might take some bitter medicine. Uh, we just accept these sufferings as um, something that will lead us uh, closer to Hashem in the long run. We studied about how the world is a waiting room for the Olam Haba. And if we could really get this in our minds and really understand this, then we would be much better able to handle the temporary sufferings and difficulties of, of this life, knowing that, that so much more was to come if we could just wait for a little bit. We looked at the difficult question of... <clears throat> what do you answer if you're asked about the Holocaust? What about the Holocaust? And most of us would answer that we don't understand. We don't understand Hashem's mind, but we trust in Him and um, that He had a reason for all of that to happen. <clears throat> and then we looked at when we have sufferings, surely our sufferings are nowhere near the level of the Holocaust so when we have those sufferings, we need to listen to our own words that we may not understand, but we trust Hashem that what He does is for a reason and for the good. And that there will come a day when, if not in this world, in the world to come, that it will all become clear to us. <clears throat> right now we can't see too far in front of us. We can't see from the eagle's view necessarily, <clears throat> but someday perhaps we will. And then we reminded ourselves that uh, we have to always remember the blessings. Maybe our finances aren't too good right now, but our health is good. And that even 
perhaps if our finances are suffering, that uh, we're certainly not to the level that we would consider selling our children. So um, we just always need to remember the blessings, even in the midst of the suffering. Okay, today we look at two more chapters. The first one is on worrying. Um, we start, let's start with the words of Yeshua in Matthew 6. You probably, most of you can probably quote this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Isn't there more to life than food and more to the body than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? And which of you, by worrying, can add even one hour to his life? If you go on and read this beautiful passage, it talks about the beautiful flowers of the field. And then it ends this way. But above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So then do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. We know, we know we should not worry. Um, We know it doesn't help. We know it's not good for our health. But how do we stop worrying? How do we eradicate worry from our lives? Now, like uh, with everything else, some of us are just naturally warriors and some of us are not. Um, The Orkhazan Akim writes in Sha'ar Hadaga, that worrying about attaining something in this world is improper and should not be found among the righteous and among those who have faith and trust in Hashem. <clears throat> there used to be a common saying years ago, if you're going to worry, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't worry. Um, faith and worry really are incompatible. <clears throat> so the first thing in overcoming worry is to strengthen our Amuna, our faith. <clears throat> Amuna is deep faith in Hashem's providence. And Amuna leads to Bitakon, and Bitakon is trust. And faith and trust are closely interconnected, but not quite the same. Um, trust is a dependence on Hashem for everything that He provides for us. The Orkhat Zadakim uh, states that one who believes in Hashem wholeheartedly and trusts Him will not fear misfortune. Rather, they feel secure, knowing that we are in Hashem's loving hands. So what do we do? What happens when we worry? Uh, A lot of people will internalize that worry. Uh, They might become paralyzed where they can't do anything because they're so worried about doing something wrong. They become anxious and suffer from anxiety, and that anxiety leaves them powerless and helpless. And no matter how hard that person works, they're always constantly afraid that they haven't done enough or they haven't done the right things or something's going to happen, that their efforts will not succeed. And they're they're always in, in in some state of anxiety. Uh, A lot of these people erroneously believe that they have control over their lives, over the world, over things, over their destiny. And so such a person is always strategizing how to get what he needs or what he wants, stressing over what what do I still need to do. And so to eliminate worry, 
we have to strengthen our emunah, but we also have to recognize that we are not in ultimate control. Um, we're not in control over what happens in the world. Our efforts are futile. Our, our worry is futile. Everything is in the hands of Hashem, not ours. So we can kind of relax. You have heard it said, <clears throat> Hashem helps those who help themselves. Is that true? Um, how much is our part to do and how much do we just sit back and relax? If we trust in Hashem to provide us with everything that we need, um, say financially, can we then just sit back in our easy chair and wait for the money to come in the mail or drop out of the sky? On the other hand, if we go out and get a job and work hard, does that mean we don't have faith? Um, the, there's a fine line between hishtadlut and excessive effort. Hishtadlut is our word for today, and that is the Hebrew word for our personal effort. How much effort do we put into something, and how much do we leave to Hashem? So this is an area where you can check your heart. Do you do your part and then relax and let Hashem do his part uh, at trusting that he is in control and he's going to take care of things? Or uh, if you if you do, if that's how you feel, that's hishtadlut. On the other hand, if you feel like you are in control of the results and you are going crazy with worry, trying to cover every angle, cover every detail, then you are lacking amuna, and that is the opposite of hishtadlut. So we need to walk that fine line. Yes, of course, we need to, uh, Hashem has designed it to where we are to do our part, but then we're to relax and let him do his part. Our sages teach in Makos 10b that a person is led in the direction he wishes to go. And that there can be a danger in pushing too hard to go in a particular direction. Sometimes we think, well, if you know, I've just got great obstacles to overcome and I just need to persevere. But um, if we persist in going in our own direction, Hashem will eventually uh, let us. He'll let us go in the direction we want to go, even though it's not the right direction for us or the one that Hashem wills for us. So if we trust in Hashem, He will... <laughs> save us from what we thought we wanted. Uh, so I would encourage us never to push too hard um, to get what um, to get what we think we want because uh, if we if we do then Hashem will not save us from that. So we want to trust in him and his goodness and what he has for us. Jeremiah 17 7 says blessed is the man who trusts in Hashem then Hashem will be his security. So we need to strengthen our emunah and our bitakon. The Orko Zadakim also says this, there are, there are boundaries to every area of life, and we cannot add to or take away from what Hashem has decreed. I know there's a few days I would have liked to have added to the hours in my day, um, or uh, something like that, but... 
Hashem has decreed there are, you know, so many hours in a day, uh, so many hours of sunlight, and that's it. Uh, uh, Yeshua said it this way in Matthew 6, And which of you, by worrying, can add even one hour to his life? No matter how much I needed that extra hour, worrying was not going to add an extra hour to my day. If we could just really get this in our minds, really understand or believe... It would spare us a lot of stress. We could resign as controller of the world and let Hashem have his rightful place. We could stop blaming ourselves for things that happen, stop blaming others for our struggles. Since our life has been decreed by Hashem and is not within our own control. Um, I love my dogs and... Um, uh, Ironically, they're named Captain Jack and the Black Pearl. So, yes, I am looking forward to the pirate theme for Purim. But, you know, my dogs don't lay around and worry about the future. Um, If I get on to them for something, they don't hold a grudge. Dogs live in the moment in which they are in. Our sages teach in Sota 48b, "Whoever, Whoever has enough bread in his basket for today... Yet says, what will I eat tomorrow is a person of little faith. The Sefer Madregas Ha'adam explains that when a righteous person has what he needs, he does not need to worry about the future. So if we have food for today, we don't need to worry about what's what we're going to eat tomorrow. We can eat to our satisfaction. We don't have to hoard food away for tomorrow. Um, we can just trust Hashem. Yeshua taught us to pray again in Matthew 6. Give us this day our daily bread. Then tomorrow we'll pray again for for bread for tomorrow. He doesn't teach us to pray for bread for the next month or even the next year. So the one with no faith may scrimp and save and hide food away uh, because he's afraid that Hashem's not going to feed him tomorrow. But the one that um, trusts in Hashem, has faith, will trust that Hashem will feed him tomorrow. You know, some people just cannot be happy with what they have today because they are so worried about tomorrow um, that they won't have enough. They won't have what they need. Worry destroys joy. In Luke 10, we read a story of two women, Mary and her sister Martha. Now, Yeshua was going to visit them. Martha was the worrier, and Mary had learned to be happy in the moment. Luke 1040 says, But Martha was distracted with all the preparations that she had to make. So she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work alone? Tell her to help me. Now, here are a couple of women who get to enjoy the privilege of a visit, a personal visit from the Mashiach as a guest in their home. What would you do? Now, before you answer too quickly, stop and think, which one do you tend to be more like, Mary or Martha? Unfortunately, I would probably tend to be a little bit more like Martha, but I hope I learn a lesson here. Verse 41 says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the best part. 
Mary chose not to worry, but to enjoy that moment in time at the feet of the Messiah. I hope that I can learn to be more like her. So, what what then do you think? Is there ever an appropriate time to worry? Uh, Mishlei, Proverbs 28, 14 says, Praiseworthy is the man who always fears. Uh, the sages teach in Barachot 60b that this refers to Torah. Rashi explains that this refers to someone who is afraid he will uh, forget something from Torah. Uh, the healthy fear or the healthy worry is to worry that our service to Hashem, our walk in Torah is not pleasing to Hashem. That would be an appropriate worry. Or perhaps we've experienced a misfortune or a suffering. It's appropriate to worry that perhaps we have sinned. That would be an appropriate worry. The sages teach in Barakot 5a that if a person sees that afflictions are befalling him, he should examine his deeds. If a person is careful to improve himself as a result of the afflictions that Hashem has brought upon him, then he will recognize that these afflictions are actually a blessing in disguise, for they were the catalyst for growth in Torah and mitzvot. Okay, in chapter 6, we look at, uh, page 239, if anybody likes to follow along, um, we look at, okay, how then can we share joy with others? And the most simple way is just smile. Shammai in a vote 115 teaches to receive every person with a pleasant face. Just smile. Rabbi Yishmael in Avot 3.12 goes farther and says, Receive every person cheerfully. You know, we're reminded again, external actions inspire internal feelings. When we smile externally, it makes us feel better internally. So just smile. One of the best ways to be happy and to get our own happiness is to make someone else happy. Just smile at them. You know, Rabbi Salanter said that our face is the public's domain. So we should always present a happy, cheerful face. This will make others feel better, and then it'll make ourselves feel better as well. There is a parable we looked at earlier, last year, I believe, and um, we look at it again. A man once wanted to marry a certain woman, but she was not interested in him because he was always frowning. But he really wanted to marry her, so he decided to put on a face, a mask, a smiling face. So she then agreed to marry him. Several years later, he removed the mask, and lo and behold, his own face was smiling. So if we... Uh, put on a smile internally, um, then uh, externally, then it can put on one internally for us. I know, yes, we all just sometimes get in a bad mood, you know, for whatever reason. And we just can't seem to pull ourselves out of that bad mood. Um, so what can we do when we get down and we get depressed? What can we do? The first thing we should do is, is rather than see 
this bad mood as an emotion, we need to see it as a mida, a character trait that we're working on. Um, when you lose patience with someone, uh, you think, I need to work on this. So if you're in a depressed mood, just think, this is a mida I need to work on. Then just smile, greet other people, um, help, help someone else overcome their sadness, and then you too will begin to feel happy as well. Now, sometimes when we get sad, one of the things that we do, unfortunately, is neglect Torah, either our Torah study or our Torah walk, uh, perhaps prayer, we stop praying. And in those moments, we need to muster the strength to just continue on, go about our daily schedule, go about... Um, you know, whatever we needed to do, study, pray, maybe we're not feeling it in that moment, but if we just continue on, then we will not succumb to these negative emotions. On the other hand, if we if we just lay on the couch with our bonbons and our warm blanket, it's just going to make us feel more depressed. So because we've neglected all these important positive activities, so we need to get up, get dressed, go about our day, and then the mood will eventually begin to lift. Now, years ago, I learned a little saying that uh, was taught, um, perhaps where I worked, I don't remember. Uh, it was a way to remind ourselves of some things that we need to take care of if we're going to be able to stay in this happy mood. And it was the word halt. Halt will halt our, our happy mood. And it was the words hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. If we don't take care of these things in ourselves, then it's going to be a lot harder to present a happy countenance to the world. Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach heard about a student that fasted more frequently than was required, and he asked him uh, about his mood while he's fasting. When you're fasting, are you still in a happy mood? Um, and he counseled him that if he cannot stay in this happy mood while he fasts, then the fast is not worthwhile because it affects his mood. Yeshua taught us again in Matthew 6, I guess that's the chapter of the week, if we do fast, we should not make our faces unattractive. Don't go around all sad and moaning. Put oil on your head. Wash your face. Have a pleasant countenance. Our book suggested that a wise husband will uh, grab a snack before he gets home so that uh, he's not irritable and hungry when he first walks in the house. That way he can be more pleasant. Also, when we're tired, um, being when we're tired, it's a whole lot harder to control our emotions, to control our anger. We're easily angered, easily lose our patience when we're tired. And so we can't spread joy and happiness if our physical needs are, uh, are suffering. So we need to take care of that and take care of halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Um, and this goes for other voluntary stringencies we might put on ourselves as well, fasting and other similar things. We need to consider how these things um, that we're voluntarily putting on ourselves, how does it affect my mood? Am I still able to um, 
be joyous around my family and friends and others? Or uh, am I going to be irritable and then I'm going to spread that to others? In Sefer uh, Nisi Vot Or, page 178, Rabbi Salanter recounts a story about a man that he encountered one heir of Yom Kippur. And, of course, we all know how difficult it can be on Yom Kippur and how, how serious a time it is. The man was despondent with his own thoughts of his own sin. And Salanter just, uh, Mr. Uh, Rabbi Salanter just asked him a question, but the man couldn't even answer him. Um, as uh, Rabbi Salanter walked away, he thought to himself, what does this man's sad mood have to do with me? And he came to the conclusion that we are therefore obligated to be considerate and kind to others regardless of our own mood. The Orkot Zadakim writes that we should also train our heart to rejoice at the good fortune of others. It's a little bit hard if we are not happy with our own lot, lot in life to be happy with someone else that has some good fortune. If we're struggling in our finances and suddenly they have a great financial windfall, it, it can be hard if we're not satisfied in our own uh, lot. So first of all, we need to learn to be satisfied with our own and then we can rejoice with our friend or others who who um who perhaps we think had more uh when we're doing that often we're dwelling on what we're lacking not what we have the bartanura in a vote to nine explains the concept of ain tova uh ain tova means that a person is satisfied with what he has He's not looking for anything extra. Isn't that a good place to be? He's not jealous when he sees someone has more. And if we are happy with what we have, we we will be able to rejoice at the success of our friend. But, um, you know, if we're having a hard time rejoicing at the success of our friend, it may be a time to check ourselves. Perhaps we need to be working on the midah of gratitude. Perhaps we're no longer grateful for what we do have. Um, again, we've talked about working on midah, as a, uh, working on joy, happiness, simcha as a midah, and be happy when others succeed. Then we can actually... Um, greaten our own joy by experiencing their joy with them. Instead of feeling jealousy or pain or ingratitude, our level of happiness can actually increase. If we can imagine how happy that person is and share in that with them, then we can fill our own hearts with their joy. And it can bring a smile to our face and theirs as well. And it says that this can help us fulfill the mitzvah of Ve'ahavta Lorecha Chamocha. Love your neighbor as yourself. Rejoice in your neighbor's uh, happiness just as you would your own. In Mishle 24, 17, when your foe falls, do not be glad. Uh, the Oracle Zadakim writes that we should not be glad about something that's good for us, but bad for someone else. For example, if our crops are thriving while someone else has failed, our, our good fortune should not make us glad upon the misfortune of someone else. 
Even if that rich uncle you never met should die and leave you their inheritance, we should not rejoice in uh, someone else's demise. Uh, Okay. Okay. Too often, we, at times, revel in the disgrace of others. Uh, Although having a good uh, humor, being happy, is a midah, we should never use joking or humor um, to embarrass or ridicule another person. There is no place for humor when another person's honor is slighted or his feelings are hurt. Um, so we have to be careful that our joking um, with others does not uh, f- make them feel dishonored. Um, we are about at the end of our lesson and, and it concluded this way. May Hashem enable us to elevate ourselves and serve Him with joy. And in that merit, may we see the time of ultimate joy. As it says in Tehillim Psalm 126, Then our mouth will be filled with laughter and our tongue with glad song. Then they will declare among the nations, Hashem has done greatly with these. Hashem has done greatly with us. And we were gladdened. Okay, that concludes our section on happiness. Uh, Next week, we move on to the section on strength. Um, And that should be a good section as well. We begin today. Let's review before we part ways. We begin by studying the words of Yeshua. We looked at Matthew 6 a lot. So go back and read that chapter if you haven't in a while. And he started out by telling us, uh, I tell you, do not worry about your life, about anything. And the first thing in overcoming worry is to strengthen our amuna. And one who trusts wholeheartedly in his shim will not fear misfortune. We learn that worry paralyzes us. It causes great anxiety and that people who believe they are in control of their own destiny will usually end up worrying that they have left something undone or they still need to do something else. Um, But when we realize that we are not in control, we can realize that everything is in Hashem's hands. We can relax. We studied Hishtadlut. How much of our personal effort do we put into things? We can't just have faith and sit around and wait for money to fall out of the sky. But we have to check our heart. Am I putting in my best effort and then relaxing and waiting on Hashem to do His part? Or am I running around frantic, panicking, worrying with anxiety that I haven't done everything I need to do? We also learn that if we push too hard in our own direction, eventually Hashem will just let us go in that direction. So we want to trust that Hashem will keep us safe from what we think we want that he doesn't want for us. We studied about living in the moment. We we should not worry about what we will eat tomorrow. Yeshua taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And that worrying about tomorrow only destroys the joy that we have today. But we did look at a couple of times when it's appropriate to worry. We We can worry that our service to Hashem is not pleasing to him. Or if we have a misfortune, it is appropriate to worry that perhaps I have sinned. 
we looked at the story of Mary and Martha and uh, how Martha was worried about getting everything done and being a good host. And Mary was just reveling in the moment, being in the presence of the Mashiach. And uh, perhaps we need to work to be a little bit more like Mary. Then we learned in chapter 6, how can we share our joy with others? And the first is so simple. Just smile. Just smile. External actions inspire our internal feelings. We should always greet others with a pleasant face. It's not their fault if we're in a bad mood. Why do we need to share our bad mood with them by frowning? If we're discouraged or sad, we should see happiness as a midah that we can actually work on, that we can actually change. And then just get up, get off the couch, leave the bonbons and the warm blankie, get up, get dressed, go about your day, do the things you know you need to do. Pray, study, do mitzvot, and then that um, negative emotions will lift. We looked at a little memory thing that I gave you called HALT. And if we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, it will be harder for us to be happy and to share happiness with others. So at times we need to take care of our physical needs so that we can share our happiness with others. We are obligated to be considerate and kind regardless of our mood. We learned about rejoicing at the good fortune of others and to be satisfied with our own lot so that we can rejoice with our friend who's had a good fortune. We are not to be jealous of others who have more. We need to work, if we're having that trouble, we need to work on our midah of gratitude and that we can actually increase our joy through experiencing the joy of those around us. We also learned that we are not to be glad when our enemy fails. If we've had a good fortune that's been at the misfortune of someone else, then that is not something we should revel in. Um, We also learned about a sense of humor can be very beneficial, but humor at the uh, expense of another person's honor um, should not happen. That is not the kind of humor we want to have. And we ended with a reminder that uh, may Hashem enable us to serve him with joy and in that merit see the time of someday in the Alam Haba of ultimate joy. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. If you're having a Purim celebration this weekend, I hope that your joy greatly increases as you celebrate Purim. Um, before you part, if you could hit the like button, share this video, and I hope you do come back next week as we continue to work on our midah. We'll work on the midah of strength. And uh, thank you for being here today, and I hope to see you next Tuesday.